to the Sketchy Sketch Sketch Show, where anyone can submit a sketch. And we all read it on the fly. So if you have a sketch idea and you want to work through it and get some feedback or joke ideas, bring it on over. Here to keep everyone on game, I'm Harrison. And I'm Amy. In this week's episode, we find out what happens when a ninth grade health class goes too far. Followed by a guy who must have menswear. Then we learn of a valiant warrior's demise. And then we hit up a new segment with riffs by Keely and Ryan. With us on the podcast today, Keely Anastasia, Keith, Lisa, Ryan, Tyler Chick. All right, y'all, welcome to episode 19. Wow. 19. Hey, 19. That's a good song. Hey, is that a song? Oh, that's just a, a Steely Dan song. Uh, oh, and okay. we're going to drop in two <laughs> seconds of it right here. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed that. That was two seconds of... We're allowed to use two seconds of whatever we want. That was two seconds of Hey, 19 by Steely Dan. But you knew that. You knew that two seconds anywhere. And you might have noticed it wasn't the beginning no. of the song. It's just a random it's part from the middle. It's just a random actor. section. That was Steely Dan right here on uh, WQXR. There he is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The Sturge, everybody. Is amazing. <laughs> Call sign. I can't take credit. I can't take credit for that. That's Homestar Runner. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, well. Anyone listening out there has any connections to the people at Homestar Runner and could introduce <laughs> Keith? Uh, Please, I want to meet all the brothers, chaps, and uh, um, their sister. Please, and they might be giants. That's right, John Flansburg, John Little, Dan Miller, <laughs> members of We Might Be Giants. We, we might we be know giants. You're might be giants. <laughs> On that note, let's get into some sketches. Everyone could be a giant. Big giant sketches in this episode today. Big laughs all around. Big show today. All right, the first sketch <laughs> is Robot Baby in High School. By Amy. Allison will be played by Lisa. Kyle will be played by Ryan. Drew will be played by Tyler Chick. Becky will be played by Keely Anastasia. And Mr. Benson will be played by Keith. Interior high school classroom day. Before class starts, we see a bunch of ninth graders milling about. Drew, the nerdy kid slash jock sidekick, sits on his desk backwards, facing towards Kyle. Typical jock who's wearing a varsity jacket and tossing a football in the air to himself. Becky, Kyle's hot girlfriend, sits next to him, putting on makeup using a small mirror. Allison, the straight A preppy chick, bounces into the classroom and takes her seat on the other side of Becky. So, guys... Today's the day. No one acknowledges her. The culmination of this semester's human development unit. We finally get to put everything we've learned to the test. I am so ready for this. I'm going to ace motherhood. What's the nerd talking about? Oh, right. I guess we're getting those fake babies to take care of today. <laughs> Ew. Uh, yeah, babe. Like, no. <gasps> You have to care for and nurture your fake baby at all times, Kyle. 
And you have to document everything. She pulls out a big bedazzled binder from her backpack. I created a whole backstory about my pretend pregnancy and how the father and I had a romantic summer fling at the Cape. I started this scrapbook for my precious little bundle of joy. Everyone looks at her horrified. She's unfazed. Mr. Benson comes into the classroom, pushing a cart full of briefcases. The students get to their seats. Good morning, students. It's time to see if you've all got what it takes to care for a living creature. <laughs> Isn't it just like a sack of flour or something? Au contraire. Thanks to a generous donation from the Taft Foundation, we've upgraded to something a little more lifelike. Mr. Benson opens a briefcase and pulls out what looks like a real newborn baby. He clicks a button and it comes literally screaming to life. Wow. That's that's realistic. Jesus, what is that? That is a silicone based robot baby, realistically programmed to give you an individualized parenting experience. You'll care for it at all times for the next two weeks and be graded on how well you do. Ew. <laughs> Off to a promising start, Becky. New scene, interior high school classroom. Two weeks later, Mr. Benson walks into the room and addresses the class. Good morning, students. We finally come to the end of the robot baby project. <laughs> Let's see if anyone's learned anything. Allison, you always volunteer to go first. Uh, what do you have to say for your uh, robot? He looks up at Allison, who's asleep, sitting up, drooling and holding the robot baby. Her hair is in a messy bun. Her shirt is covered in dried milk and her desk is covered in disheveled papers and empty coffee cups. She has glitter from the scrapbook stuck to her face and a French fry in her hair. She begins to snore. Allison. <laughs> What? Yeah. Oh, no. Stop crying. Leave me on the ground. Oh, my God. How did I get here? Her baby starts to cry, and so does she. Uh, are you okay, Miss Cutter? The thing cries all the time. I haven't slept in 48 hours, and I, I think I ate a piece of chop last night for dinner. <laughs> it's like it's stuck in cry mode or something. It just doesn't stop. Mr. Benson comes to look at Allison's baby. Oh, oopsie daisy. <laughs> it looks like it was stuck in cry mode. Uh, Should have double checked that before I gave it to you. Uh, geez. <laughs> My bad. Allison wails and runs out of the classroom, a trail of coffee cups in her wake. She has toilet paper stuck to the bottom of her shoe. Mr. Benson turns to Kyle, who looks pissed, but his baby is quietly sleeping in a car seat. Well, Kyle, this is surprising. Mr. Benson checks the baby's data. It looks like your baby was well cared for during the entire two weeks. Impressive. Yeah, whatever. Why don't you ask Becky about her baby? She seems to be doing just fine over there. Whatever, Kyle. I don't know why you're acting like this. Are you kidding me right now, Becky? Just look at him. Look at that baby. He looks nothing like me. And you told me things were over with you and Tony. <laughs> it was a one-time thing, Kyle. I swear this is not Tony's baby. And it shouldn't even matter. You said you were in this. we were in this thing together, no matter what. <laughs> Whoa, uh, hold on, oh, kids. Uh, these are just robots. They're merely simulations of what it's like to be a parent. Those are Tony's uh, eyes. 100%. Tony, the hot rebel in a leather jacket, winks at Becky from across the room. Becky's baby wakes up and looks at Drew, the nerd, and says, Dada. Everyone gasps. No! Not my best friend. Wait, they talk? They're not supposed to... 
You were never around, man. Always going out after the game with the team. Well, guess what, bro? I was more of a father to that child than you ever were. By this point, Drew and Kyle are standing facing each other. Becky starts to cry. Oh, no, uh, this is not right. This this is bad. <laughs> hey, look, guys, uh, I'm just going to collect all the dolls. And then after Mr. That- Benson goes to pick up Kyle's robot baby. You get your damn hands off that baby, old man. <laughs> Mr. Benson backs away to his desk as the teenagers all yell at each other and cry in dramatic fashion. After panning around the room a few times, seeing all the chaos, we end up back on Mr. Benson, who is now hiding under his desk, curled in a ball, rocking back and forth. Too realistic. Too realistic. <laughs> no. We had obviously talked about this in Riff Week, and I sat down to write it yesterday morning, and it was there was just too much good stuff. There was there were too many good places to go and too many good suggestions. So I was overwhelmed and I put it aside and uh came back to it and just focused on this one like relationship aspect of the four teenagers going from typical, you know, teenagers or whatever to soap opera slash reality TV stars and how they would treat the drama of this if it were played out to that extent. So that's it. Uh, You like nailed the teen tropes thing. Like you created very separate character voices, uh, which I really, really liked. Um, there's like this small little line from Mr. Benson, uh, time to see if you have what it takes to care for a real living creature, (laughs) Uh, which is like, that could be the idea of this being like an adventure where it's like, here's a little baby. Uh, now we're going to do some challenges (laughs) Uh, (laughs) that just like popped in my head when I heard that. Cause it's, it's like a funny setup. (laughs) My like favorite part of this is this mapping where uh, Kyle's like, that baby doesn't look nothing like me, uh, <laughs> you know, and they're, they're all like wrapped up in it like it's a real baby. Uh, I really like that delusion that the teens are in. So that's my favorite part of it. And I'd love to see more of that. I also really enjoyed like Lisa's uh, Allison. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Lisa just nailed it. The whole like, leave me on the ground. Thank you. And then the baby's actually like stuck in crime (laughs) mode. I thought that was something if you like hit the idea that there's something wrong with the baby program, right? Like it feels like too realistic, too realistic is like paid off by the like, oh, there's like something wrong with these like babies or like for some reason these computer babies don't work. I feel like you could like hit that a few times. And make a little sub game out of it. That makes sense. But mostly if you started the sketch with like, good morning, students, we finally come to the end of the robot baby project. And then like expositionally get out like (laughs) who's who, uh, like via Mr. Benson. Uh, You could probably get to like the mapping of we're having baby, real baby drama over these babies like pretty quickly. That makes sense. Uh, yeah, because that part I just like well, it just absolutely kills me. Um, I just love the absurdity of it when it switches over to you know that baby doesn't look anything like me. It's like wait, what a second, what's going on now? You know, <laughs> theater of the absurd. I wouldn't mind more. I feel like you could go like another page at least and throw in some more like baby stuff, like you know, real parenting. <laughs> um, more mapping is, but obviously what. Uh, what do you do? Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, and being able to start it, 
started at the end would certainly give me much more room to play. So that's great. Because I did feel like because when I started it, I had all sorts of dialogue at the beginning, really going to flesh out all of these different characters. And then I had to cut it back. I'm like, that doesn't make sense. We don't need all that. We need to get to the game. So that being able to just start at the end of the two weeks makes it a lot more easier to to add a lot more stuff. And I like what you have at the top. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think what you have at the top is really, really good. I'd say, like, if you if you do just start at the end, you can just give yourself permission to be, like, super expositional about, like, which tropes each one of these folks embody. You know, if it's like, you were never there for the baby, you were always with the team, Mm-hmm. Kai would just be like, I'm the jock. <laughs> like, what'd you expect from me? You saw the varsity jacket. Yeah. I, I like the, we start to see that there are all these functions that Mr. Benson didn't even know about that exist in this baby. So, <laughs> like, yeah. that, that it even has an, a cry only mode, like, where that's all it does <laughs> all the time. <laughs> And, and that wasn't something he was aware of to check. Um, and the that was my second child. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> so maybe sometimes that is realistic. But um, but then he d- he also didn't know that it could talk uh, and it could develop. So we we get that hint that they can like that we were riffing about that they can develop in intelligence. So I I want to I want more like. I love the mapping, but I want part of Mr. Benson's game to be like him discovering more things that he didn't know about what he gave to the students. Yeah, I want him to be really excited just that they look like real babies. (laughs) (laughs) He doesn't know anything, but he knows they look like babies. They look pretty cool, though, huh? Yeah. Don't be confused. It's not a real baby, despite what your eyes and your ears and your nose are telling you. Yeah, it smells like your nose. <laughs> yeah. That's really good. Mm-hmm. Might be a separate sketch, but I would like to see them have to deal with turning the babies back off and people being like attached to their baby. Like, no. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I kind of hit on that a little bit when Ms. Yeah. Mr. Benson tried to take the baby back. Yeah. That yeah. could be, yeah, that Get could your be hands washed up. out more. Mm-hmm. I like that. Don't turn me off, mommy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, these kids do need to get sent in, I think. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, Tyler brought this back to my head, but there's a moment where uh, Mr. Benson checks the baby's data, <laughs> and I would like love to know what that looks like. Yeah, like, what is he doing with the baby? <laughs> yeah, I was, um, I was actually, uh, I was thinking like plugging in like a um, uh, thumb drive or flash drive or mm-hmm. something. Yeah, it's like yeah. A thumb drive. Yeah, plugging it into a monitor <laughs> diagnostic. And I want the data to appear like the. Um, like the Spotify data at the end of the year when it's like your most most played song. It's yeah. like this baby cried seventy two times. Yeah. Oh my god, Kyle, thirty four hot dogs in a two weeks. <laughs> I'm the jock. You get your damn hands off that baby, old man. Okay, our next sketch is titled Men's Glasses by Tyler Chick. Dale will be played by Keely Anastasia. Evan will be played by Harrison Merck. And Alice will be played by Lisa. Interior eyeglass store day. Evan, 35, he, him, dressed business casual, browses for eyeglasses. He appears anxious. An employee, Dale, 30, they, them, approaches him wearing a name tag. Hi, can I help you with anything? Hi, Dale. Uh, yes, actually. Um, I'm having some trouble. Well, do you have a style of frame in mind? 
I'm a man. So like <laughs> glasses for a man. Man glass. Men's glasses. Dale takes this in. Okay. Um, I'd be happy to recommend something to compliment your face. Right. But like for a man's face. Uh-huh. I think um, I came in the store one year ago and bought these glasses I have now, but uh, everything is different now. How do I know which glasses are for men? Like, like men's style. <laughs> We did rearrange the store a couple months ago, uh, but I'm happy to help you find anything you're looking for. We can even just try some frames and see what you like. Sure, sure, sure. You pick out the glasses that are for a man and I'll try those on. Well, just trying to understand what that looks like for you. Uh, I can... Show you a more utilitarian frame, uh, maybe wire-rimmed. Dale pulls a couple of options from the display and places them in front of Evan, who doesn't move to pick them up. Or tortoise shell is a classic look. Evan doesn't know what to say. Actually, these these brighter colors might really suit you. For boys? Boy, boy colors? <laughs> I assure you that all colors are for everybody. <laughs> Evan takes a deep breath as if to contain his temper. When I was here last time and the time before that, there were glasses for guys on one side and glasses for ladies on the other side. It was all laid out very clearly. I understand. And we did change our policy on that. But I promise that no one is. We aren't trying to trick you is what I'm saying. Uh, anyone can wear any of the glasses here. If you like them, it's okay to wear them, okay? If I like them? Are you nuts? How could I pop? If I like them? If I like the glasses, I can wear them if I like them. If I like them. If I Yeah, that's Evan fake laughs in his sarcastic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at me. My opinion is so important. I guess all that matters are my thoughts and my feelings about myself, right? Just going through life and being in charge of who I am and what I do, right? Just like no regard at all for what other people think, just wearing whatever I want, right? <laughs> I guess I'll just move through life just acting in accord with what resonates and brings me inner peace and satisfaction. Uh-huh. Right? It's so simple, right? <laughs> right? Evan throws up his hands. Other shoppers are noticing the outburst. Oh! <laughs> I guess I'm just supposed to be the arbiter of my own path through the theater of the absurd, right? Guess I'll just synthesize my own set of guidelines and values about everything based on what serves my life, right? As long as I'm not hurting anybody, right? Guess I'll just abandon the foundational thinking of the Enlightenment and embrace a new self-determination, even if that means rejecting the systems of my youth in favor of a looser, more adaptable set of ideals and beliefs that are open to further interpretation and self-criticism, right? Evan drops his sarcastic, defensively raised voice. He is vulnerable. A beat. <laughs> 
I mean, right? Dale recognizes Evan's breakthrough. They both do. <laughs> Dale hands Evan a nice pair of frames. They suit him and their departure from the style he walked in with. Try these on for me. Cut to black. Super one week later. Exterior city street day. Evan emerges from the glasses shop wearing his new frames. It's like an enormous burden was lifted from his shoulders. He moves with an easy confidence. He stops at a crosswalk next to Alice, 35, she, her. Alice wears the exact same glasses frames as Evan. Oh, hey, nice frames. Thanks. They share a polite laugh. <laughs> Evan keeps laughing for too long, and Alice crosses the street without him. He keeps laughing. <laughs> Yeah, so this is uh, from Riff Week last week, uh, of course, and uh, I, I listened to the episode a couple of times, and then I just kind of poured it out of me. <laughs> this this sketch <laughs> uh and i like literally didn't think all that much about it as i went uh and i i mean i think i adjusted things a little bit at, at the end and then like but i was mostly kind of editing as i went and seeing what came naturally and this is the version of it that came out so I don't even I haven't even really like analyzed it <laughs> that much yet. It's amazing to hear that this just poured out of you because it's also clinically perfect. Like it's <laughs> so like the game is like there. It's on the first page. The first thing we hear out of Evan is I'm having some trouble. And then Evan explains and just heightens. There are like little resting moves, but they're all like clearly driven by Dale's desire to just help. <laughs> uh, and Evan like actually wanting to buy glasses. <laughs> And yeah, like it's an emotionally driven game and the emotions heighten really well. Evan sort of saying these things out loud <laughs> at the end. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, yeah, I just I don't even know what those <laughs> rants. I don't know where they came from. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's I think it kind of turned into my voice at the end of just like, wait, what am I doing? <laughs> and that's what Evan yelled at the end. I love that Dale's character really, really wants to help in, in, in a neutral way, which lets Evan have this whole argument with himself. So it's never like, you know, it doesn't turn into a confrontation with Dale at all. It's all about Evan having these this conflict within himself and the realization and, um, I like that. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking that too. Like Dale's voice is so delicate and yes. not argumentative and isn't pushing back. It's just there. You know, it's just there to for for Evan to see what he's working through. And mm -hmm. it's amazing. And your rants at the end, I'm like, there's so much gold in there that I think yeah. so many people can learn from, let alone, yeah, it's funny, it's a sketch. <laughs> but there's so much valuable information that people can say that's <laughs> What it's a lot quote. of people are going through. Exactly. It yeah. just really, really gives a voice to to words that people might not understand or might not be able to put into words themselves. I thought it was just really, really great. Thank you. I, I've found that like as I've like been on my own journey of just like how to move through life and 
like how to approach things. It's like when I type things out like that, I'm just like, oh, it looks really obvious when I say it like that. But it's so easy to not do that <laughs> and not like move towards the things you want and like resonate with you. It's so easy to like get stuck. And so, yeah, it was nice to have someone just say those things. I loved getting to say those things out loud. <laughs> <laughs> um, boy, boy colors. All right. Our final sketch today is titled Valhalla Death by Harrison Merkt. Ulf will be played by Tyler Chick. Frode will be played by Ryan. And Medicine Priestess will be played by Amy. Exterior Viking Hut, night. Inside, we hear coughing and moans. Interior Viking Hut, night. Candlelight embraces Ulf, 30s, he, him. A once great Viking warrior who has fallen ill. He rests in his bed, sweating. A medicine priestess, 60s she, her, burns leaves and lets the smoke fill the area above his body. Frode, 30s, he, him, a healthy warrior, enters the hut. Frode, my friend, it is good to see you, my brother. They shake hands at the forearms. The gods are taking you, my friend. It's okay, Frode. I understand it is hard, but it is my time to join the gods in Valhalla. Oh, uh, yes, brother. Sure. What do you mean? Well, this isn't really a Valhalla death. Ulf seizes forward in bed, out of breath. <sighs> Am I not a Viking warrior? No. Yes, you are, but you're sick, not on a battlefield. You have to die in battle to go to Valhalla. Ulf waves his hand and coughs bad. <laughs> Remind that now, dear brother. I approach death, and it is good to see you once again. Dear Ulf, the village will never be the same without your presence. Frode, I want to share the plans for my funeral pyre with you. Ulf gets out crude drawings. Frode looks on with strength. I will lay flat <clears throat> in a boat. My son Toke is making. My sword will be in my hand and my shield laying on my chest. The fire will bring me up to Valhalla so that... Uh, that's beautiful, Ulf. The fire will release your spirit... And bring me to Valhalla. Well... This isn't a Valhalla death. I have lived a Valhalla life. Look, I get it. We all want to go to Valhalla. It is great there, but it's just for warriors who die in battle. I am dying battling this infection, which I got from a blade that cut me in a battle. Yes, this wound is from a battle. They share a tender moment, locking arms again. Frode embraces Ulf in his deathbed. But... That battle was like a moon and a half ago. I'm pretty sure this is not a Valhalla death. The flames of my pyre will carry me to Valhalla so that I may aid Odin with Ragnarok. <laughs> Frode gives way and looks at Ulf lovingly. A bug crawls on Ulf's face. 
Frode kills him. Oh, no, you hit me so hard. (laughs) I am dying from that and only that now. (laughs) Oh, if you can't fake a Valhalla death, the gods will know that Bug-Eye Squash died in battle. He will go to Valhalla. (laughs) (laughs) I fought in 100s of battles. A quiet moment where Frode creates a little bed for the bug and sets it on fire with respect. Frode wells up with emotion for the fallen bug warrior. Off to defend Valhalla, warrior bug. Brother, the gates of Valhalla would be well protected by you. You could stop even Ragnarok at those gates. Thank you, brother. That is why I will need my sword and shield with me in the pyre. Well, what I mean is... You would protect the gates very well if Valhalla is where you're going. The two men look at each other for a moment. Ulf grabs a dagger near his bed and plunges it into the heart of Frode. Frode looks at Ulf with wide eyes. Thank you. The greatest warrior of this generation has killed me. I will surely go to Valhalla. Oh, me too. I exerted too much energy and I'm dying from this very intense battle we had. Oh, Valhalla, here I come. No, no, you're faking it. I can tell. (laughs) This doesn't count as a battle for you. Oh, I can see it. Valhalla awaits me. Thank you. Sorry, Ulf. No Valhalla for you. (laughs) Oh, meet Valhalla for eternity. Yes, please. Thank you, brother. Frode dies in Ulf's arms. Ulf sighs. Wow. I never thought I'd see a real Valhalla death. This is very like Larry David inspired. If I had to be like, oh, this is whose voice this was. Yeah, just like the idea of people in with that like point of view uh in different periods of time ryan and i shot a sketch with a coin bag a few years ago that was very like larry david in medieval times this was my idea of like larry david uh viking times i i got a a vision of money python type stuff with no well not technically but yeah i see the larry david too but yeah yeah it's so fun the back and forth is great the the dialogue and I got to give major credit to both actors because yes. you're both reading yeah. it in these like dying voices, <laughs> sort of both of you. And it was just very, very well done. I don't know how you kept that going. Yeah. It's like, that seems yeah. difficult. So very well done. I have nothing to add. I don't know. It's really, really fun. Amy, you were a great medicine priestess. <laughs> too. I didn't even know how to deliver that line. So I went as quickly as possible. <laughs> yeah. I like, I like having her there while this whole exchange is happening. Mm -hmm. back and forth you know (laughs) it's part of the world and it entering the hut and having the the smoke uh being wafted around like that's such an amazing image and it like creates like a like a game of thrones type of feel and then it goes into this (laughs) hilarious scenario it's so i love that Mm -hmm. juxtaposition you both did a great job with creating like a realistic like not bullshit uh portrayal of vikings up front <laughs> like i feel like it has to be like these are vikings <laughs> uh for like the rest of it to play yeah and there was a good tension between the two the dialogues as well they played mm-hmm. off each other very well mm-hmm. i had like another moment where 
Ulf pretends to die from something, <laughs> like pretends like a battle happened. Like I had a third moment of that and then I replaced it with a bug. Dying. Could you do, could you use like uh, a snake comes in and bites him <laughs> and then he's like, oh no, a poisonous snake, I'm dying in battle. I battled that snake in one. And then Frodo's like, that's just a garden snake. It's, it's not venomous at all. It's not going to kill you. <laughs> That's my pet. <laughs> yes. I would I would like that. I would like more animals, actually. A rabbit. Oh, that's Monty Python. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Seeing someone try to fight a yeah, rabbit. Yeah, a little, a little snow rabbit, a snowshoe rabbit or something. Yeah. Yeah. I almost want to see, and this might just be not belong in the sketch, but like be something like a, a little blackout sketch later of like all in a the the different version of the afterlife that non-Valhalla warriors go to. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like... Oh, yeah. Instead of like a big banquet, they're at a cafeteria or something. Yeah, like a little... You know, yeah. I don't know, like a little shitty noisemaker. I don't even know. Just <laughs> 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 but he can see Valhalla. He can see Valhalla up in the clouds yeah. and all, and like Frodo's like partying or whatever. With the bug on his shoulder. <laughs> yeah, the bug, yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah. So, brother, how did you die? Oh, well, I uh, battled. <laughs> oh, if it was battle, then why aren't you up there in Valhalla? <laughs> Sorry, Ulf, no Valhalla for you. That ends the All sketch right. portion of our show. Now it's time to move on to some ideas. Time to board the rift train. <laughs> <laughs> All aboard! We got Keely and Ryan. Either you want to go first, give us a riff. I could go. So this is just like a... I don't know. We'll see what you guys do with it. But So, so I have a bit with one of my dresses. Um, okay. That's good. I love it already. Love it already, yes. <laughs> So I have this dress and it's kind of like flowy and peasanty and whatever. And every time I wear it, I think to myself, like, wow, this dress looks like a cult issued uniform. But then I think, <laughs> oh, but it kind of has like sneaky pockets on the side and a cult would like never allow pockets, <laughs> you know? OK, what uh, can you can you can you describe like the, what, what color is it? Sure. It's like a. <laughs> You said peasanty, like so I want you know. Well, it's like it. Okay. No, it's like one color. It's like it's kind of like a brownish, tannish color. <laughs> sure. Okay. Um, and it's like long sleeve, and it's like long and flowy, and kind of you know, it's just like it's simple and plain, but like I don't know, it's like a full thing. What if you're like taken out? I mean, somebody says like, "Hey, oh my god." Keely's got pockets and it gets, you know, spread around. <laughs> Keely has pockets and you're called on the carpet by, you know, the cult leader, whatever. And so you have to remove the pockets, but, but you put them back in hidden. I don't know. <laughs> I like the idea of like a public cult setting and like you pull out like a, like a snack bar, some sort of thing to like, you know, play with like a fidget or oh, something. Yeah. yeah, Like maybe the conversation's like, wow, can you believe 13 years since we uh, rid ourselves of the tyranny of pockets? It's been great. <laughs> hey, wait, where'd you get that 
nut bar. <laughs> Could it become a miracle of the cult? Like, you just made that nut bar appear. <laughs> God, we never could have done that with pockets. <laughs> Do something with, like, there could be a cult committee and they're deciding what goes in the uniform and there can be a debate about pockets and other <laughs> pockets. We, I, if that's the case, I definitely want to hear how how um, the horrors and evils of of uh, marsupials and other and anything oh, pouched yeah. <laughs> the instruments how they have the devil. yeah the instruments of the devil yeah. those koalas yeah. And, yeah. and kangaroos why do you think the prisoners were sent to Australia <laughs> the land of marsupials yeah. <laughs> exactly uh, part of the justification could be that the cult is just really against secrets so it could just be like uh, yeah. yeah like pockets are like part of your clothes that are secret from everyone so that's why <laughs> I really dig the idea of like uh, a cult meeting or like a council meeting where we come in and they're so they sort of like bang the gavel and they're like, all right, it's decided no pockets in the cult issued uniforms. All right, now we're on to what will our money be? <laughs> oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> and everything like requires pockets that they have to decide. Like, well, we already decided on the pockets. We can't, can't go back on that. Look, I'm not I don't want to be the person to say this, but. It seems like it'd be way easier if we just went back to pockets than to fix all these other problems that the pockets have created. The, the no pockets have created. But Susanna seconded the motion. Yeah. It stands. Do you believe in our god, Zumarafan, who said no pockets? Just immediately execute. That's the first rule. Yeah. I bang the gavel. Just immediately throw him down a pit or something. Throw that uh, the cult leader or the cult person. Does anybody else want pockets? Yeah. <laughs> All of a sudden, it's Dr. Evil from... <laughs> oh, and could the blow be that somebody walks in the room with a plate of Hot Pockets? Is this a no? no is this a no-go? No calzones yeah. or strombolis. <laughs> <laughs> Your food must be open-faced. <laughs> yeah. You must know all the insides. I'm okay with no pockets, but I have to change the whole menu for my birthday now. <laughs> cool, right? You wanna? You got an idea? Yeah, sure. Um, I saw one of those like those videos recently where it's like a cop sitting in his car, and he's like. Every morning I kiss my wife on the cheek because I might not make it back that day. And I think it'd be really funny to do that, but with like a pizza delivery, like a, a job that's statistically more dangerous. And it's like every time this delivery driver goes out for a delivery, he like has to call all his family and it's like very dramatic about anytime yeah. he leaves. Whoa, I love this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's great. I, I love the idea of like, doing this at the door when delivering a pizza <laughs> like <laughs> i just want to let you know a uh, hero is delivering your pizza uh, <laughs> 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 oh great uh what are i what are you <laughs> well you don't owe me anything but you owe my whole family a phone call <laughs> starts handing out like his version of a thin blue line flag to <laughs> yeah. Tags it along with his deliveries. It's like a, it's like a yellow line with like <laughs> red dots. Yeah. <laughs> I served a tour at Domino's and two at Papa John's. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, and then I did a 
Better did a stint with Slice when that was a cool app. (laughs) But no matter what uniform I put on, I recognize that everybody else with one of these uniforms has my back. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we have to map the the Fraternal Order of Police onto their pizza drivers. Fraternal Order of Pizza. Fraternal Order of Pizza. There you go. That's good. Here's your pizza. That'll be twelve seventy two. Oh, um, my. My uncle's a pizza delivery driver. (laughs) (laughs) Like that's seven fifty. It's like bring your your dad to work day, and it's like my dad's a marine, and he helps keep people safe all over the world. And the kid just like laughs, like, "Well, that was pretty cool, but." My dad's a pizza delivery. Everybody gasps. Oh my gosh. A hero. Wow. <laughs> like a career today. Everybody picks the kid up, like, yeah. <laughs> Parades around the room. The kid with the Marine dad is like, I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I pictured like an ice cream or something going on that kid's head. Like someone puts a juice box down the shirt or something. <laughs> <laughs> Just gets worse from there. Would they have like, do you think they would have like a pizza guy? funeral for like a a pepperoni (laughs) like you know like a like a pie that you know was like if the box like you open it up and all cheese is like on the on the cardboard 21 pepperoni salute (laughs) (laughs) i like the idea of a bunch of like pizza delivery wives being like we sacrifice everything (laughs) (laughs) yeah maybe is this too is this becoming sexist like should it, it seems like we made them all men that's true yeah <laughs> yeah but i guess that is kind of mapping like yeah, the old style like going off to war that's sort videos. of yeah just kind of the thing if it's like a world war ii type of mapping or yeah. a, even a viet even a viet- vietnam i do like the idea of like mapping it strictly over like the police like current police oh, politics yeah. Too. yeah like if somebody's mm-hmm. like defund Pizza Hut or like <laughs> redistribute the map. pizza. Yeah, yeah redistribute. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like everybody's got their own pizza ovens now. We all mm. have the capabilities to make delicious pizza. <laughs> we have the means of production. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now it's and becoming pe- Marxism. Pizza Hut doesn't even make the, the best pizza anymore. They're not even equipped to handle. Here's the things is the numbers <laughs> do not lie. The pizza delivery people do not deliver to certain neighborhoods, and certain races <laughs> live in those neighborhoods. <laughs> I'm thinking, how, how would you map um, diverting well, funds yeah. into mental health? Like, yeah, do you think every hungry person needs a pizza delivered? Vegetables, right? Yeah. There are people who deliver smoothies. Not everybody needs a pizza. (laughs) (laughs) I've just pictured a pizza delivery person pulling someone over. (laughs) I'm just like, wait, why would they do that? (laughs) I'm going to need to see your rewards points. (laughs) Like an FBI and local police type of thing. Like it's like a local shop versus like Pizza Hut. Hey, I don't remember calling you guys. (laughs) I don't remember calling the hut. This is our crime. This is our hungry person now (laughs) (laughs) this is our eighth birthday party now (laughs) yeah maybe you could have crises of hunger and 
pizza and other deliveries show up and fight over those hungry people. The only way to stop a bad guy with a pizza is a good guy. (laughs) (laughs) Or a guy with a bad pizza is a guy with a good pizza. Oh yeah, maybe it's yeah. maybe oh. the pizza's what's good. Oh, I like that. <laughs> yeah. I like the idea of two pizza delivery people like sitting in a car and one of them like opens a pizza and takes a slice and like passes it and the other one doesn't take it and he's like, "You know what makes us all nervous when you don't take any?" <laughs> 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 all right, y'all, now we do in the part where uh writers can plug. Tyler, anything you want to plug? Find me on Twitter at Tyler Chick. All right. I'm going to plug our show's new merch store. Check it out. Go to sketchysketchsketch.com and click on merch. Get yourself something with our logo on it. Also, get yourself some Tyler versus Keeley merch. Uh, oh, yes. They are both on the show today. Mm-hmm. Pretty intense. Get some merch, it's coming merch soon. if you want. <laughs> yeah. List- listeners, I'm sure you all heard the tension that existed between us that that angst that's under the surface of all we do. Yeah, pick your team. Choose yeah, wisely. We've, we've only appeared together today to talk about the merch. So. <laughs> yep. Right? Yeah, whoever sells the most merch for your team, whether it's Team Keely or Team Tyler, so something's going to happen. You got to get out there and buy <laughs> the merch something's for Something's going to happen. Your favorite. Yes. Uh, who do you like better, Tyler or Keely? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Merch wars. I'm a bit of a Tyler Keeley centrist. Centrists are just Team Keeley and won't admit it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Keeley, anything you want to plug? I mean, you can find me on Instagram at Keystone State with a K E I G H at the beginning of that. Right. Um, and if you go back three pictures, you'll see me in my in my cult issued uniform oh, dress oh, right now. Sure. Yes. <laughs> and there's some fun Perfect. links in my bio too, but. That's about it. Ryan, anything you want to plug? I guess you can also follow my Instagram and like my pictures at Ryan underscore WW. Ryan Whirlwind. Yep, that's what it's for. All right. That's all for us today. Thank you to all the participants and to the Jeff Powers for the music you've heard. And also a big thanks to you, the listeners. If you'd like to support the show or check out more that we have to offer, head on over to sketchysketchsketch.com. Or you can check us out on Patreon where you can see our Zoom calls or you can get all sorts of exclusive merch. Go check it out. It's on our website. And if you don't want to check us out on Patreon, but you do want to be part of the show, send us a sketch. Send us an idea. Come on the show. Bring an idea. Come on the show. Bring an idea. Send us a sketch. Send us a sketch. You think, oh, this, they're not talking to me. No, I'm talking to you. We are talking, talking to, you. to you. Bring us a sketch. Calvin in Ohio. Yes. <laughs> or Suzanne in Montreal. Or Rita in Florida. We're talking to you. Email us your idea or your sketch at sketchysketchpod at gmail.com. You can get on the show. We're looking for new talent in other ways, too. If you want to send us a drawing of a scene that you heard in a sketch, that would be really funny. We could turn it into a sticker. We could make some other merch and work out some deals that we share our profits with you. This is a business opportunity for everybody. And if you like what you heard today, hit us up on our socials. Give us five stars. 
ask me for a QR code sticker and then put it somewhere like yes. in a bathroom or on train tracks. I'm excited to see where this goes. Well, <laughs> until next week, have a super great, terrific week, everybody. We love you so much. Make sure it's super great, terrific. Super we'll great see terrific. you next week. Yeah. Have the best week. Uh, harness a great energy this week and, and do Turn great. it to plasma. Plasma. It's the Heat biggest it up so much that it turned into plasma. Energy. Yeah, get hot this week. Thank you very much.